Kanga, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of One Plus One Makes Two. In our very first episode, we mentioned that we will have some contentious issues discussed on our podcast. Well, good news. We have one today. Politics. <laughs> yes, a friend asked me which political party I thought is the most trustworthy. Well, you know, I don't like to think, I like to know. So we're going to attempt to know with certainty, if that's possible, which political party is the most trustworthy. As usual, we're going to rely on common sense and logic for our answers. Historically speaking, there's a whole bunch of common sense within aphorisms, proverbs, truisms, allegories, fables, analogies, and of course laws, for they are all based on common sense and logic. They help us find the truth. They contrast the consequences brought forth by good choices versus bad choices. Oh my gosh, that's Mother Nature, I bet you. I hope it is. Although we had a serious incident at the end of last week's episode. Well, I'm opening the door for it anyway. Hello, Mother Nature. Hello, Bob. Glad to see you're all right. When I left last week, you were huddled under your desk. Mother Nature, it's not fair for you to use your natural powers when you are personifying yourself as a woman. I mean, really, I have never had a woman throw a lightning bolt at my butt. A truly gross overreaction to a few inconsequential remarks I had made. Bob, I'm everything, so I am a woman. And Bob, when you say gross overreaction, are you describing your butt or the lightning bolt. <laughs> you know what I mean. Admittedly, Bob, I confuse my roles, my natural self, Mother Nature, and my studio role here is a raving beauty. You got that right. You were raving. And if I may ask you, who is paying for my pants, which you melted last week, and at the same time, since my butt. Oh, so your butt's not only gross, it's hairy too. Sorry, must have used the wrong voltage. My, such a delightful derision. Thank you, Mother Nature. And to make matters worse, our new studio manager, Mr. Ben Craven, told me that we have exceeded our allotted time this month by three and a half hours and that we will be charged for them. Does this mean you're going down to that street corner after the podcast wearing those dark glasses, using a white cane and a tin cup in your hand? Why don't you tell jokes now? Make you feel better. No, today we have a serious discussion that should come first, which I have not been able to begin yet, but I will now. A friend recently asked me, which party is more trustworthy, 
the Democratic Party or the Republican? I've been reading your dictionary. There is a word which describes this situation, dilemma. It's a difficult situation which must be decided by one of two or more possible solutions, which may be undesirable, but not necessarily. Well, that's right, Mother Nature. Thank you. Well, let's use some proverbs and truisms which will lead us to an intelligent decision. Which party is the most trustworthy? I've based my decisions on the following. Like father, like son. An apple does not drop far from the tree. Birds of feather stick together. And lastly, you can judge a man by the company he keeps. In other words, if we look at the criminal records of a president, his appointees, staff members, and associates, why then we can determine the trustworthiness of their party. This is a simple and truly reliable means of determining trustworthiness. I have researched the government officials and party associates who were connected with each president beginning with Richard Nixon in 1969 and have tallied their indictments. Common sense tells us the more indictments a president and his associates have incurred during and after his term in office, why then the less trustworthy the president's party will be. Mother Nature, would you please delve into the dictionary and state the definition of indictment? Why, I just learned it last week, and some of our listeners are eager to know it. Sure, Bob. An indictment is a criminal accusation that a person has committed a crime. The indictment does not determine the innocence or guilt of the accused. It merely compels the accused to appear in a court of law with jurors who do determine the innocence or guilt of the accused. Mother Nature, not only are you cute, why you're astute. Oh, Bobby, turn my emotions as if I'm made of butter. Then melt me till soft and easy to spread. Whoa, Mother Nature, remember this is live and um, I, I'll have to, uh, I'm not sure if Ben Craven, our, our studio manager, is going to permit this, uh, this segment, this phraseology. Well, with a name like Ben Craven, I don't think he'll mind one single bit. Yes, Mother Nature, we'll, we'll hope so. Listeners, I apologize for the officious interposing. I will, <clears throat> excuse me, I will now attempt to reconvene my thoughts which party is more trustworthy? Is it the Republican or Democrat party? Trust is correlated with the absence of crimes. Distrust is correlated with the presence of crimes. So our task is simple. We're simply going to measure the number 
of indictments accrued by each party. The party with the fewer indictments is the more trustworthy party. Well, here are the numbers, beginning with Richard Nixon, who was in office from 1969 through 1974. His staff, I believe, holds the all-time record high of 72 indictments. Whoa! <laughs> Watergate did have something to do with this. Chronologically, Gerald Ford was the next president, and only one criminal indictment charged to one of his staff members. Jimmy Carter was next from 1977 through 1981. He had absolutely no indictments by a staff member. Ronald Reagan was the next president from 1981 to 1989, and his staff accumulated 26 indictments. George H.W. Bush was the next president from 89 to 93, he had one indictment by a staff member. Bill Clinton followed in 1993 through 2001. He had two indictments recorded due to criminal activity by a staff member of his. Next was George W. Bush, who had 16 indictments by his associates between the years 2001 through 2009. Barack Obama followed, followed President Bush from 2009 through 2017 with zero indictments. After Barack Obama is Donald Trump, whose term in office was 2017 through 2021. Under his leadership, 32 of his associates have received criminal indictments. Following his term in office, due to the January 6th insurrection, there have been an additional five indictments charged against his associates, with more to come. There's the tally. Keep in mind, an indictment does not always result in a guilty verdict. However, they do represent possible wrongdoing as indicated by a grand jury's indictment. Now that's individually. Of course, they represented either the Republican or the Democratic Party. So by adding up these individual totals of our presidents and their associates, we find that the Republicans have had 146 indictments compared to two by the Democrats. Even if we were to eliminate Richard Nixon from the tally with his 72 indictments, it still leaves the Republicans with 74 indictments compared to two by the Democrats. Now, strictly using common sense, if you were to ask me, Bob, who would you vote for if I knew of nothing else except their criminal records, I would clearly vote for a Democrat, knowing now the strength of the Democratic Party's honesty versus the Republicans' penchant for crime, which frequently leads to corruption and the policies of self-interest groups rather than those of the American public. And so many Americans, they work. They have no time to really 
educate themselves regarding an individual congressman or senator, for instance, and their policies. I confess, I know very little about the candidates I vote for. It's just blind faith. However, keep in mind, knowledge of the number of criminal indictments by a party is an all-important factor and is the determinant of political trustworthiness. <laughs> Listeners, keep in mind, some Republicans are extremely honest, so you take it from there. Bob, you don't even have time to tie your own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. That's why the trustworthy factor is so darn important. Well, speaking of time, it doesn't take long for a good-looking lady like me to get bored. And a good-looking woman like me likes to have some fun. So how about some jokes now? I don't want to lose you, Mother Nature, to another podcast. Or another man, if I might get personal. I'm sure you would like that, Bobby Baby. That might require an enhanced humanization. And, uh, <laughs> I might have to look in your dictionary to see if that's a word, humanization. But for now, Bob, the jokes! I really do like making you smile, Mother Nature. The jokes, Bob! Okay, okay. More and more of our fellow species are learning to talk. This may be due to increase in sharing the same habitat with other humans and other fellow species. Why, just the other day I heard two cows talking with each other. One asked the other, Have you heard about the mad cow disease that's going around? Then his buddy said, Yeah, I'm just glad I'm a penguin. Well, I put my mask on when I heard that. Hey, and here's a little history for you. Do you know why pirates never took a shower before they walked the plank? It's because they just washed up on shore. <coughs> and you know, you can learn a lot about life by just sitting at a bar. Why, last Saturday night, I was sitting at a bar when a grasshopper walked in. The bartender looked at him and said, Hey, they named a drink after you. Well, the grasshopper replied right away, Really? There's a drink named Joe? And listeners, now for your sociology lesson for today. You can't believe everything you hear, but you can repeat it. And remember this too, just because a man's doing 500 hours of community service does not necessarily mean he's a nice guy. And listeners, you know how we like to discuss issues on our podcast. Well, here are a couple of probable cause issues. A nurse was recently reprimanded by her doctor for her absence without gauze. And a crustacean accused of promoting his own shellfish interests. Now that's mighty low. 53 fathoms to be exact. Now let me tell you about this restaurant I went to. I, the service was terrible. 
I asked the waiter for a bottle of wine. He says, what year? I said, geez, I want it now. And now, listeners, before we announce this week's contest, a white glove suggestion concerning etiquette. A bird in the hand is bad table manners. Now for this week's contest. Express your own energy-saving activity, which you have incorporated into your daily routine. State your energy-saving idea within 60 seconds on our phone line, 706-940-2094. Our winner is immediately immortalized by a tree planted in our field of winners bearing a brass plaque engraved with his or her name, hometown, and state, located in the aspiring town of Phoenix City, Alabama. Speaking of winners, Bob, who won last week's contest? Oh, yes, thank you, Mother Nature. Last week's contest asked all of our listeners to send in, within 60 seconds or less, a description of their most petty, trivial complaint, gripe, bitch, whatever you want to call it. Hopefully somewhat novel, unique, exciting. Something to challenge our subjective panel of judges. And we do have a winner. Mr. I am Apathy. He phoned in his entry and we'd like to play it back for you at this time. My name is I am Apathy and my gripe is I gotta wash dishes. There you have it, listeners, our winner of last week's contest, Mr. I Am Apathy. He didn't bother to leave his full name or the name of his hometown and state, which I imagine he considered burdensome. Nonetheless, our panel of judges were pleased since this was the only entry. So they were unanimous in choosing Mr. Apathy as our winner, which enabled them to collect their residual for last week. And hey, listeners, so that we can reserve studio time to record next week's episode, episode 11, please go to the GoFundMe website and donate to 1 plus 1 makes 2 by Bob Dow. ASAP. Male listeners, if you will visualize with me now, Mother Nature in all her erotic magnificence. Why, if I were a plumber, I could plunge her right now. That's nasty, Bob. No way to end a podcast. I've got a better idea. Mother, your ideas are harrowing to deadly in the What's shaking? Why? Why is the the floor shaking? Mother Nature, the walls. What? What is this? What? This earthquake? That is earthquake. No, Mother Nature. 